All right, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Amy Denoyles, and I'm from UCF Center for Distributed Learning. I'd like to welcome everyone to this featured faculty seminar, The Role of Synchronous Communication in Asynchronous Online Courses, part of UCF's faculty seminars in online teaching. Our intention in each of these 30-minute seminars is to provide a brief treatment of the topic relevant to online teaching while connecting you to a vast array of resources that are going to be online. Uh, we believe that this seminar will be successful if you walk away with just one thing that you're going to try to implement in your courses. I'd like to acknowledge the participants on site with us here in our CDL offices, as well as those participating online via Adobe Connect. Our online participants are in great hands with Dr. Linda Futch and Dr. Beth Nettles as online moderators, and John Pizzo, ensuring technical quality. Those of you that are in the library today, please see the URL on this whiteboard. Uh, this D, it's called dl.ucf.edu slash synchronous. That is the faculty seminar website, and any presentation materials will be on that site, as well as the recording of this seminar. The online folks, you're going to see in just a minute a link that says presentation materials that will take you to the exact same place. Uh, for also for the online folks, if you have questions during this seminar, please post them in the chat, and we will address them at the end of the seminar. Uh, there will be a feedback form for today's session. People in the library have it in front of them. Online folks, you're going to see a link that says feedback form. Please fill that out. Share any unanswered questions that you have. So for now, please join me in welcoming today's speakers, Dr. Bernardo Ramirez, who is joining us synchronously and Ms. Tina Calandrino. Thank you, Amy. Um, as you saw while you were waiting, we were running a poll about who has actually implemented synchronous teaching as a component of their classes. And we did receive about 60% has said no, they haven't. Can I see by a show of hands here inside, is anybody actually using synchronous components in your online class? Wow, nobody here inside the room is doing that. So I hope that you gain a lot of new strategies from today. Um, you're going to find out why it's important to do it and some successful strategies in doing it with Bernardo in just a moment. So while John's pulling up today's agenda, or the PowerPoint, as Amy said, the agenda is packed. Um, we are going to be displaying a couple of things here for you. We're going to be talking about the benefits and why have a synchronous communication in your online course. We'll go over quickly some tools. And then Bernardo will actually have a course example of what he's currently doing. And then, of course, there will be a wrap-up and a Q&A. So I just want to jump right in at this point and say we do have preconceived ideas about synchronous learning. And by the show of hands, most people attending the seminar really have not implemented it. It is tricky to do. And synchronous learning has now become, with asynchronous, the new blended learning. Most face-to-face -face classes even have an element of online learning. So now we're learning how to require students to be at the same place, or different places, but at the same time with their students, as opposed to, as we all know, the asynchronous learning that we're currently using is that they can be at any place and any time doing their classes. So the question I get most is, can we have a fully can we have synchronous components in a fully online or web-based course? And the answer is absolutely. 
we're doing it successfully all over. Um, it is tricky, and we do warn everybody, always check with your university or your department's policies and procedures, because it is a very wide net. Um, students are clearly made aware at the beginning of what the components will be, and students are made aware that this engagement will be a grade within their course. So the question then comes, why even use it? Well, as we all know, it's about the engagement. It's about the engagement between an instructor and the students, a student to student, and a student to the material. And we all want our students, especially in online, fully online, to be more engaged. We have found that instructors can convey their teaching style more readily if they have a synchronous component. Um, they have a visual presence by using certain instruments and tools. They can engage in tricky content. They can actually see that the participants are not understanding it. They're not having to wait for emails to come in to see how many people engage it from that. Instructors can also give one-on-one -on -one feedback by virtual online communication. They can also request that the students have video chats with them. And then just components like that are posting. The learners develop real-life collaboration skills. They develop real-life presentation skills. Because in my opinion, the whole reason that we're educating them is for them not to just get the degree, but to go on to have successful, successful careers. Some of the tools you all have seen before. We're using Adobe Connect Now. Skype or Link for Business, Zoom, EduCreation, and even your LMS tools can be part of a synchronous community. Bernard is going to illustrate in just a few moments the best practice strategies by use of several of these tools. And it's really good to keep in mind that most of these tools are also accessibility friendly. So while this seminar is not focused on the exact tools that we'll be using, it's always important to keep in mind that some of them are free, some of them are cost prohibited. Some of them you'll get support from your university. Some of them you won't. Some you may have a site license for. But it's always good to know what you have before you go into it, because you don't want to be setting up for a webinar and find out there's nobody there to support you <laughs> or that you can't use it for some reason. It's also important to note what works well for the students, because you are going to require some time a student-to-student -student collaboration. So this is no means a complete guide, but the list will be on the website when we're done. So now I'm going to ask Bernardo, are you ready to share your successful synchronous practices with us? Yes, I'm here, and uh, <clears throat> I'll be glad to start now. Thank you, Tina. So um, let me share with you a, uh, an example of one of my courses, which is the 6345. Uh, <clears throat> That, that I teach in, uh, in healthcare management. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a faculty in COPA, and I'm also the director of the executive program. And, uh, and the second thing I want to share with you is that uh, synchronous has become very important because, uh, because of these accreditation uh, criteria and requirements that actually mandate, in our case of our accreditation agency, uh, several hundred hours of face-to-face uh, -face contact. But the commission has now changed uh, their rules in the sense that they still require the, the engagement, but because we've convinced them in a way that you can have students in the classroom that are in the back row kind of checking their emails, 
and they're not really engaged. I mean, they're sitting in your classroom. They're they're complying with the with with the notion that they have to be there face to face, but they're not really engaging. Uh, I know that that's the same thing that can happen in somebody attending a webinar. They can be doing something else and with a webinar open, but but so there's no way really to to check that. But but if you if you engage them in 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 a in a way, we think that you can as, a, a, acquire that with online tools. <clears throat> so the other comment that I want to make here uh, in, in this general comments is that I see also that many of the things I, I teach, in, again, this course that I teach is in the executive program, but I think in any programs, that students get used to some of these tools that they can um, handle well. Because now, um, like a job interview or, or a meeting, a corporate meeting, most likely will happen with a webinar. You will have to make a presentation to engage people in a webinar in some way. Uh, and, and if people, if students don't get that practice in our program, they will not be successful professionals. So that's another reason why I like to stress this notion of uh, online audiovisual engagement uh, and mostly synchronous, but also asynchronous, as you're going to say. It's really a combination. There's a thin line between when you're doing one and the other. So we'll. Uh, I'll show some of that. So <clears throat> basically, you can do it for different things. Uh, typically, you would do it for uh, office hours. So you can see your students uh, through Skype or through the conference tool, where you can do the same thing that you do when they come to class to, to your to your office. So you can you can mentor them. You can they can explain you. They can show you whatever they're seeing in their screen. Uh, so so it's really uh, very engaging, and it's it, it almost the same as, as when people come to your class. Uh, you can also do video discussions, uh, posts, and conferences. So I use sometimes for, for discussions like, like, like the conference tool where students can discuss. And at the same time, of course, they can, they can uh, move from the, from the conference to posting things in the discussion board and vice versa. Collaboration skills is also very important. And I, I like to use. Lots of collaboration tools. Uh, there's, a, there's the Google Docs embedded in our Canvas. For those of us that are in, a, in, in UCF or have Canvas as a tool, there are a lot of audiovisual now forms to engage students, from your grading comments to an email to the conference to to the discussion board. Everywhere you have these tools that you can use very easily, so people don't have to have huge technology or be very skillful to do that. So, so engagement happens in many levels. So uh, the next uh, slide here, it's, uh, it's a slide of, of one of my students. Uh, one of the assignments that I do very early in the course is this assignment when they do an introduction of themselves. I ask them a couple of questions that are relevant to my course. Um, uh, you know, share with a group like a, a situation where you when you thought you, you exercised like a good leadership style, was a good leadership experience, or one where, where you thought you could have done it differently. And so <clears throat> they go and do this three-minute video. I also tell my students, don't do more than three to four-minute videos, five minutes maximum, because nobody's going to listen to a video of 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so they have to be short and engaged um, activities so people can see them, take, take, take that. and. And if they want to put two videos, that's better than putting one that is 10 minutes long. So, so I, I encourage them to do short videos. But they, they will do that. And, <clears throat> and it's amazing how, how they move from this first video that is posted in the discussion board so everybody can see it. They can reply either with a video or with some comments. But it's amazing how, 
how they can see the difference between this first assignment in the class and how they're progressing in some discussions, in some case studies, in their final presentation. So, so it really moves from, from being this to the other. Of course, this in, in, in principle is not really uh, synchronous because they're putting their video and then you're seeing a synchronous the video and putting another video. But it starts the engagement and starts the use of the tools. And, and again, as I said, it starts that little fine line between those two things. So different things that we do is uh, webinars. Um, and, and as uh, Tina has mentioned, um, I, I try to use the Canvas uh, tools. Some of them have some limitations. Some of the ones that, um, that are in the internet have some limitations. Sometimes you have to purchase some licenses for some of us, like for some others, like, uh, like, like Adobe Connect or others. So, um, for instance, I like of Adobe Connect that you can record them and keep them in a library so they can see them later, which is a good thing. Uh, um, so, so I, I, I use Adobe Connect uh, for some of these conferences. But some of the others, Google Hangouts and others, can do the same thing. So you, you, you kind of have to choose some of these elements and make sure that they're user-friendly for the students, that students get used to them so they can use them later on, again, when they're working, because that's one of, the, one of the purposes. And once they see that, they don't see so much as busy work. They don't see that this is an assignment where they have to do a video, and they don't really understand why they have to do a video. So they, they basically start understanding how this is a tool that helps them uh, change. Uh, here's, here's, for instance, one of, the, one of the videos that we do. So I practice with them. So these are two of the presenters. I might be practicing with them in one session, or we log in a little early. So <clears throat> we can talk about some issues before the whole class logs in. Then once the whole class logs in, I record the session, and then I disappear from the screen. So I leave them working like this one. So here's a webinar where they're presenting to some of the other students or showing their PowerPoints. They can show the screen. They become very, they, they quickly become very savvy doing that by the end of the, of the course. And, and if, if we, we, do, we try to do that in all the courses of our program, so by the end of the two-year semester, two-year program, they're really very savvy on, on how to use all these online uh, tools. And, and, and again, I think it's a, it's a benefit. They, they will benefit from that when they go out uh, to work. One thing important that, that was already said also is that you need to have clear expectations of what, it, what that is. What, what are you expecting from, from synchronous meetings, times? Uh, give them some options. Uh, uh, you, you have to put those expectations in the, in the protocols, wherever you put the rest of the expectations, put them in the syllabus. So, we actually put it in the in the handbook of the students, so when they join the program, they know that there's going to be some synchronous activities. And I tell some of the students, you know, you can be the most busy CEO of the world, but there's going to be a time where you have to set up a time for a meeting. The fact that you're online, it means that if you're in California, you don't have to take a plane and come to the meeting. So you just set up a time that that, that we're going to work, and then and then you put aside that time in your office, like if you have another person coming to your office or you have another meeting in your office, and just attend this meeting. So, so it's the same thing. You, if you cannot manage your time, then you're not going to be a good manager. So that's you know, one of my arguments. They really have to do it. It's, it doesn't take away their freedom of, of, of being in a different place. Uh, it, it, and it, does, it doesn't take away their freedom of doing work at whatever time they want, because this is very limited number of hours compared to the total hours that they have to do on the course. This is an example of my attendance policy. And you see that it's pretty flexible. I, I do the same thing that I do in class. 
when people come to class, they have the same exact policy. I say, you have to come like it says there to all or the majority of the classes. And if you don't come, you have to show me some written justification that makes sense. And then I will, uh, you will have to do some extra work or something to make up for that, for that class. So it's the same thing here. They have to attend to all the, or the majority of the classes. And if they cannot do it, they have to tell me why. And they have to participate. Here, actually, there's a benefit. If somebody misses my class, they miss, they miss the class. They miss the discussion. They miss the interaction with the students. If somebody misses one of these webinars, they can go to the, to the recording and they can watch the recording and post a clear and, and concise comment that will give feedback to their peers and, and probably get a lot of, the, of, of whatever was, was part of that session. So, so this, is, this is the attendant policy. And you have to have strategies, as I said. I think you need to be aware that, uh, that if you record the synchronous for asynchronous viewing, that will help. If you ask for significant comments so people don't go to the, to the conference, probably don't review it. Or if they review it, they say, hey, you did a great job. I mean, that, I tell my students, that's not a significant comment. That doesn't help anybody. But, but you need to really tell them exactly what is your comment, where is your question, where is, where is where you have an experience to share with them, where did you find something interesting, something that is really relevant and, 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 and interesting. So that's the only way I give them credit for their, for their comments. I do sometimes alternate days. I use uh, uh, Doodle. I send a Doodle to the students. I tell them way ahead of the of the, of the sessions, probably early in the in the in the conference. So I um, so I use uh, a Doodle. So that way they they basically uh, uh, find a time that it's appropriate. Sometimes I end up doing two 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 sessions. So so I split the groups into groups, or I do it twice. So so some students can do it in one or in the other. Um, so, uh, so there, there are different ways that you can deal with this, and and, uh, and everybody's kind of happy with the with the way it goes. This is, for example, a message from one of the students that missed the conference, and then they're 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 putting a little comment there. So, <clears throat> this is this is pretty much what I want, have to share, and and of course I'm happy to answer any questions or to uh, or and also if anybody's interested, I'm happy to work with you afterwards and and find out what you're doing and learn from that because I'm sure. Many of you are doing very interesting stuff. So thank you very much, Tina and Amy. So um, i leave it there. All right. Thank you very much, Bernardo and Tina. Uh, so at this time, we're going to open the floor to any questions that were from our online audience. Uh, and so we'll we'll answer those, and then we'll turn to the face-to-face. -face. So it looks like we have one online question from Erica about Skype uh, or other videos outside of Canvas. How do they work with FERPA and student privacy? Is is this allowed? Uh, and Tina, you can answer this question. Erica and everybody present. It's just like being in a regular classroom. You know, you don't worry about things. You don't give out grades. You don't give out lots of personal information. It's just the same as in a regular classroom. Students see who's in the classroom with them. Students participate and talk on videos in the classroom with them. So it is absolutely no different than in a face-to-face -face classroom. OK. okay. 
Thank you, Tina. Uh, at this point, we're going to stop the recording of the presentation, but please don't let that, the online audience, please keep asking questions if you like. We're going to now turn to the face-to-face -face audience we have here. Does anyone have any questions for Tina or Bernardo? Okay, that was a great question. I'm going to repeat it for everybody online. Uh, the question was that their department doesn't pay for site license for Adobe Connect. So how many cameras can be turned on within the conferences tool in the LMS? Um, the limitation really there is recording and keeping the recording. The LMS only keeps it for two weeks, whereas Adobe Connect keeps it longer. I strongly suggest everybody at UCF has a Skype for Business account or a Link account, including the students. And so once they sign up for that, you can do endless cameras. We've done how many? Close to 100 or so people online at once. All the cameras can be up. It can record everybody. It can hand over presenters. It can do everything that Adobe Connect can do. And we do have the license here for everybody to use that. So the students can sign up for Skype for Business as well. It is um, in all the documents there, how to reach it, and how to get to the UCF. For those who are not at UCF, you can look up Skype for Business or just type into a regular Skype account. The regular Skype accounts are limited, but the, they are a very reasonable thing for other schools to use. Okay, I can uh, I can probably address that. Um, how do I use uh, Google Docs or Wikis? I use Wikis as as a collaboration tool that uh, that helps uh, people, especially in modern languages, three days a week. Oh, okay, Bernardo's going to answer you. No? So let me unmute him. I'm Hold sorry, on, Bernardo. Yeah, we want to oh, hear you. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know I had been muted. Okay, so um, no, I, I was going to say that I use Google Docs or I use um, uh, Wikispaces, for instance, and other other tools uh, for the for the written document. And it's a way; it's also kind of like a, a, synchron, a, synch, a synchronous way to work in a written document. So it's not it's not a conference; it doesn't substitute the presentation of the conference, but it's part of the assignment. Part of the assignment is that students have to write a team document on several of them. And you know that if they, if you don't have that tool, you don't know if they, who, which part they wrote, how they wrote it, if they wrote it the last night before the conference or, or the, before the due date, or if they were working through that through two, three, four, five weeks. Sometimes they have half of the, half of the semester they're working in this team project that has several little projects in the in between, but they're working in this project. So I have I have different deadlines through the process, and so. Uh, I review those, I give them comments, so I'm working with them kind of synchronous on their comments, uh, on comments and reviewing and, 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 and mentoring them, and also their peers and other people, because these Google Docs, uh, I teach international health systems too, so I have them consulting with people that are in other countries, that are in ministries of health, other, other places, consultants, so they, they can interact with those people, and I see that interaction, I can, 
I can participate. Everybody in the class see that interaction. So we're all kind of sharing from the document. And later for grading also, I can see exactly who did what at what time and who didn't do the work. So it's really a wonderful job. Students actually don't like me very much for that because I can see every single thing that they're doing. And they can never say, oh, I, I was very active in this project. I can see how many minutes. It's almost like the tools of Canvas where you can see when, when they're there and when they're idling and just, and just participating. So the same thing in this, in this uh, wikis or, or, or collaborations, uh, electronic collaborations. So I, I think they're very useful. So great. At this time, we're going to conclude the recording. Right, we're cutting off the recording, but please join us for the extended Q&A.